This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com hello everyone before we start the latest episode a message to say paul caddis our captain our two-time league two winner and all-round good guy is raising money for type 1 diabetes research and he's doing this by completing the national three peak challenge that's walking the highest peaks in scotland wales and england ben nevis snowden and Scorfell Pike, and I'm ashamed I didn't know that. I think we can all agree that Cads has contributed a lot to Swindon Town Football Club, both on and off the pitch. He's always willing to help out wherever possible, so I really hope we can assist him by donating whatever we can to help him reach his final target. You can read his story and donate by visiting www.gofundme.com and searching Type 1 Diabetes Research and clicking the link into his page. Thank you for listening. Good luck to Cads. And I think Don Rogers is away here. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. Oh, my goodness. Far post for Shearer. Goal. McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection. And a goal. Touch to Mitchell. It's another goal. Incredible. Hobble. I will win this league anyway. Richard, he's hit it. It's Cradwell! Harry Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant goal from Harry McCurdy! little competition silly draw <laughs> hello dave hello hello the magic the magic is gone there's no such thing it doesn't exist i'd like to believe it does it just brings a bit of hope but it's it's vanished vanished somewhere just outside of manchester fluking your way through a competition is what exactly that fluke <laughs> you know a little bit endeavor it's not magic doesn't exist. Stop it. Stop convincing yourself, people. Oh, how happy are you to be on this pod? Um, I'm. I am quite happy. Um, I'm not able to watch a lot of games at the minute, so 
when there's when there's instances where no one's actually watched the game, then my lack of insight doesn't stand out as much. So I'm happy to be involved in this one. Oh yeah, this is a firm vibing it episode. Neither us, <laughs> neither of us watched this. Um, only 502 people in the whole wide world <laughs> with any any skin in the Swindon game watched this. Kudos and commiserations to them. We're going to discuss the goals and a few other bits and pieces. It's funny, we almost didn't cover this game. This is only the second game this season where I genuinely struggled. You were my knight in shining armour. Um, the Walsall League Cup exit, I think Dan was still furious from that and still in many ways is from that <laughs> squad selection. So it's good that we, we've got this over the line. So God bless you. We'll start with football on TV. And I know we lost. And this has essentially saved many of us £10. Or, But as Terry will often muse, especially to us, in 2022, with cameras in the ground, how are we not able to watch this game? It's it's weird, isn't it? Um, you'd think it's the it's the FA showcase competition. Get get sell the rights abroad. Have people in I don't know outer Mongolia watching lower league um, cup round cup roundups. Um, it's it's an opportunity missed, isn't it? And I think the I think the tide is is turning in in general with how football and TV is held and I wouldn't be surprised if if in a couple of seasons then we are able to watch these three o'clock games without needing to jet off to far, far flung reaches of um, Western Europe to do so but it's <laughs> it was a missed opportunity although albeit um, maybe maybe it saved us from ourselves because um, it didn't sound like we missed much. No it didn't but Really, really hard on the 502, I think it was, that that went to this game. But on the TV front, I think you're right. The tide is turning, and I know the FA Cup isn't the EFL, but I, I don't think this is going to be an issue for that much longer as, as football in this country continues to take the money. Yeah, and it's... I mean, it's it's the future, isn't it? It's... I, mean, I, I, get, the, I get the three o'clock blackout, and I get the reasons for it, but there comes a point where if people want that, the the experiences are so vastly different. I'm not sure how, how I know that the worry is, is of course that you, you, you stream games at three o'clock and then therefore people don't go to these um, smaller grounds because they can watch the games at home. I think I get, I kind of get it at the risk with the, the Premier League games and my maybe, um, this might be me being selfish, but maybe you'd, you'd still have some kind of ban on that time to maintain a th- maintain a three o'clock slot so that the in quote smaller teams can have their time. But if if someone wants to watch a Swindon Town game and they have the means to attend the ground, you're going to attend the ground nine times out of ten. I think you're not. It's not going to. It's not going to damage the attendances too much. And you need to it's it's you need you need to evolve, don't you? It's the it's the way not just football, it's the way all entertainment, it's the way all kind of sports are going at the moment. I mean, I, I've got um in the background with this, I've got um NFL red zone on, which they just it's it's the NFL equivalent of Soccer Saturday, but they just flick around between each games as and when things happen. And it works perfectly for this sport. It could work perfectly for football. You wouldn't have to look at Michael Dawson's face you could you could watch the actual action as and when it happened and it's just it's just a way of life isn't it it the, the stone keeps on rolling and time keeps on turning and we we keep on rolling down the river 
or words to that effect. I can't remember what the what the actual philosopher said. Lovely, that's really nice. Uh, I think it's inevitable. Something will happen, and I think purely there's, there's so many professional football teams in in England, Wales, who play in the EFL that it's kind of a unique issue in many ways. I feel. Um, yeah. those are people will be correct to me on that front but if we are able to watch football whenever we want in terms of the EFL then they've got to do what say countries like Germany have done where they've got to accommodate all parties so if that means that the EFL has to be played around the Premier League or vice versa then then that's what they'll do but I think it's worth a trial now 60 years of being scared of football dying because of the the scary television people it, it, it's got to probably come to an end soon yeah and I, I I I do accept the risk with the the Premier League side of it but even the way the Premier League's going and the the spread of the games that there are there you don't need to like uh... This sound I sound a bit of an old man now, but how, there, there's not that many three o'clock Premier League games that happen anyway. It's not it's not the biggest push in the world to just get rid of that slot for that level, and then then everyone can kind of focus on football league and below on a on three o'clock on a Saturday. So I agree, it's it's going to happen. So it's it's a case of when, not if. I think before we move to Swindon matters, I need to know. Ex footballer pundits, you mentioned Michael Dawson. Who are you willing to look at? Oh God, um, he, was, he was just the first one that came to mind. I can't. I've lost track of who's on that show anymore since they went through the big call a few years ago. I think Paul Merson survived, didn't he? Um, Merson survived, yeah. I think, yeah. Merson. Um, I can't remember who else was on it. Clinton Morrison, maybe. Clinton um, Morrison is on there. Yeah, I think. I, I don't watch it, but these are people I know that do the yeah. punditry. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. Well, that didn't work as well as I would have liked, so we'll move on. <laughs> so that's, that's okay. That's no problem. This episode is one big stretch, so we're going to be fine. <laughs> Let's talk about the lineup um, ahead of the Stockport game because it's a good one. So we had Bryn and Go at the back. We had Hutton, Iandolo, Baudry, and Brennan. Uh, Reed, Darcy, Khan, and Williams captaining the side um, in midfield, and Wakeling and Jeffcott up front. What we what we already knew about Angus McDonald and Rashan Hepburn Murphy, but what we learned post game was Fraser Blake Tracy was indeed cup tied. Uh, ben Gladwin needed a rest, and Tom Clayton faces four weeks out with a grade two tear in his thigh. Ouch! So I guess. The big bit here, we knew Ben Gadwin would be due an MOT at some point, which is good. So it's a good time to do that. Tom Clayton, we were braced. And in my mind, four weeks isn't as bad as it could have been. Um, But the thing that maybe worries me a bit more is Burton Albion, who did go through, have cup-tied Fraser Blake Tracy, which is never the sort of behaviour of a club that you know, won't recall their player in January. So uh, I've got a bad feeling about that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised. If, I think the only way we keep Blake Tracy beyond January the 1st or whenever the deadline is, is if we put an offer in to buy him. I mean, we're, what, we're, we're six places below him in the in the league pyramid. If they've got, if you're, if you're bottom of the league and you've got a player playing well in a, in a team who's challenging in the league below, then I mean, if if that were, if we were in those shoes, we'd be clamouring for him back. So and we did with Scott Twine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I um, ex- ex- expect him him to probably go back in January, which would be a shame. But I think 
going back to the starting eleven yesterday, that's with all the with the caveats around um, Blake Tracy and um, resting Gladwin. That's probably the strongest eleven that you could have put out, isn't it? Which makes the makes the rest of the ninety minutes all the more baffling. I think I was surprised. I'm not surprised so much as I would have. I wouldn't have minded um, Williams being rested, with an eye on the um, the potential riches we'd get when he jets off to Qatar <laughs> to be the the Welsh team mascot for a month. Um, but he he's gone through unscathed. I think I think Jeff Cott playing is probably a, it's a good sign, with an eye towards January as well and the um, any potential view of making that move permanent. Um, I know we have first rights, don't we? Um, but it, again, it just it just strips some of his value from Plymouth. So that's uh, that was a good sign. Um, and I guess the the last kind of takeaway from the starting eleven is the return of Louis Reed, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was a diamond as well, wasn't it? That that they went for. Yeah, yeah. So it enables him, or theoretically enables him to um, kind of play to his strengths a bit more, sitting in between uh, the, the midfield and the back line. Um, I guess it didn't didn't go too well for him. But <laughs> no. I I, I, <laughs> so, so the the only issue with Jeff Cott really is it depends on who's telling the truth in terms of Swindon have got yeah. first dibs and it sounds like it's a dumb deal. Whereas Plymouth were a little bit more coy about it, weren't they? Like, no, yeah. no, no we'll, we'll bring him if we want. But the fact that they've let him play and well, Plymouth are indeed out. They got absolutely tonk didn't they by Grimsby um also coming off the bench for this one because it was a mega bench um, I'm going to talk about my, lo- my love for mega bench in a, in a moment Aguilar came on for Khan and um, with good reason as we'll discuss a bit later then there was the triple sub of Lavinia Shade and Roberts who came on for Hutton Williams and Wakeling on the hour mark when the game was dead and then it was nice to see Harry's come on uh, for Baudry in the 67th minute. Mega bench also included Connor Brand, Mo Dabre, who I guess is back from that terribly unsuccessful loan spell at Banbury. Adeloy back in the starting, uh, we were back in the match day squad, as was Reese Devine. So, um, yeah, mega bench. I love it. You know, the more the merrier. It's like, I think it's, is it Syria A that pretty much have their whole squad on the bench and it's an absolute mess. I think BBC Radio Wiltshire put up a picture of the Swindon warm up and it just looked like, it looked like NFL stuff. Just <laughs> loads of people everywhere. Brilliant. More of it. Mega bench, please. Is there a, is there a minimum, minimum criteria for what? constitutes a mega bench <laughs> um just as many people as possible maybe <laughs> hopefully stacked on one on <laughs> one on each person um yeah <laughs> on the laps <laughs> yeah um yeah. i guess the the starting 11 was indicative of the side that wanted to try and win wasn't it playing such a strong lineup like those the subs you reeled off there if if scott lindsay's viewing that game as Maybe less of a priority than the league, and want to get get minutes in other players' legs. Then the likes of Lavinia, Aguiar, uh, etc. They start, don't they? Rather than come on when the game's dead. So, kind of points towards how we plan to go about the game. Yeah, I think Lindsay wanted this. Mm. I think I think Lindsay wanted this game. You know, I think fairly. You know, sometimes when we lose, we're a little bit down in the dumps and we we point the finger at Scott Lindsay from time to time and it's always based on what we say and not on him as a person but I genuinely believe he wanted Swindon to progress which 
you know, when we see the comparisons from fans with Richie Wellens, for example, who never struck me as the sort of person that could give a damn about the Cups, you know, rightly or wrongly. But no, I think in the presser, Scott Lindsay sort of said, well, Papa John's is the Papa John's. That's for bringing in fringe players, youth players, having a look. I, I think they got the Walsall game wrong. We, we've, we've discussed that at length. But I think he was coming to this fully expecting them to win or at least giving it a bloody good go. And for the first 10 minutes, I listened I listened to the first half of this game. I couldn't listen to the second because <laughs> I was going to a fireworks thing. Um, and also we were 3-0 down at the time, so I didn't really feel like I needed to listen to it in the car. Um, but Phil Smith on co-coms with Andrew Hawes, he was complimentary towards town during those o- opening exchanges. And the sentiment was echoed by Scott Lindsay in the post-match too, that before Sasevich scores in the 11th minute, we were doing fine. Yeah, it sounded like we started the game uh, really brightly. Um, like in Lindsay's post-match, he mentioned that there was there weren't any signs of complacency um in the in the dressing room prior and we were up and at them i think that's khan in particular was was up and at him around that time wasn't he well yes he he is booked in the first minute yeah <laughs> uh, yeah he's he's booked in the first minute and he's on a final warning i think after 15 minutes and if it's not 15 it's 16 17 18 it's very early on and indeed he doesn't get to the hour mark before scott lindsay goes well you know what it's a miracle you stayed on the pitch. But that intensity, that loss of intensity because he's got booked, I think that's a real thing, isn't it? Well, yeah. you, you are unable to do your game 100% because you've got one eye on what the referee is clocking up. Yeah, and given his kind of, I guess, his role in that midfield as a bit a bit more of a disruptor, it, it's going to it's gonna have a, a, a bigger impact on, on how the rest of the team goes. Um, and then, yeah, so we... We started well for the first eleven minutes, and then the goal. Are we gonna? Are we gonna come on to the goals now? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're only gonna talk about the goals now <laughs> because that's all we've been given, um, and the feedback from those who are there would rather forget everything that happened in the rain up in Greater Manchester. So let's talk about goal number one, which was scored by Sarsovic, our old pal. Or oh, Baudry was almost sent to financial planning management or whatever the hell he's going to do in retirement yeah. there and then because he is done with so much ease and it's a nice finish, but oh, grim stuff from Swindon. It was, yeah, it was... When when Baudry's not playing well, he looks very flat-footed and very about three yards off the pace and that's exactly what that looked like there. I think it, from the from the kind of minor clips that there are, it looks like Hutton is, is beaten far too easily as well on the right-hand side and... It it just looks like a like a Stockport side that was has been able to pass through us at ease, and that that tallies back with what um, with what Lindsay's saying at the end of the match as well. We just weren't after after a strong start. We kind of we we kind of drifted thereafter and weren't able to really get in amongst amongst Stockport, and they made us pay. Um, this kind of this the second and the third goals were again weak defending, but. Weak defending mm. for different reasons when they were set pieces and just not able to deal with them. Um, Bryn, in particular, looks like he had his first real major um, howlers. Yeah, since since mm. the first game, really, that kind of penalty gave away. Was it a penalty? It was, it's so long ago that I just remember in my in my head I've got him marked as doing something stupid against Harrogate. Um, 
but he's not done anything like that since. And yeah, the, it was, I think it was the third goal he kind of flapped at the cross. But even the second goal, it's, the cross has come in and it's 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 like it's touching air traffic. I think by the before it starts dipping down into the box. So I don't know how. Oh. There's plenty of who time. Who provides for... that assist? Yeah. Who provides it? Who's doing the looping header? It's Chris Hussey, <laughs> of all people. Oh, no. You know, yeah. A kill right scoring his first goal for Stockport. And it is, it is, you know, it's looping header, out muscled in the in the in the in the second phase of that, and it's it's two nil and it's uh, when I watch it. I can feel what that goal felt like yeah. behind from behind the goal. You can see the the the, the fist uh, fists of frustration in the away end um, as that went in. Third goal, yeah, it's it's, it's a bit flappy flapperton by by Sol, isn't it? Um, <laughs> for that one, and um, it's, it's a rare one, and it's one of those moments where you do have to say if it's going to happen now is better than in a in a key League Two fixture. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Oh dear, that third. I'm just watching the third now. Oh dear. Especially given it didn't um, didn't have a material impact on the game, we were getting battered with or without that. Good bit of platoon slow motion from Bryn, who somehow <laughs> helps the ball into the net with his palm of his hand. No, not good. So, you know, Gallo's humour <laughs> emerges. Sasevich scoring again against Swindon. I don't think he scored that many in his career. I think that must be his third or fourth. A, a, a very big surprise when he ended up in non-league for that short amount of time. Mm. But on the radio, it was it was just that those 10 minutes, which, you know, they weren't, they weren't buzzing or anything. They weren't going, this is going to be another great day. But they were like, yeah, this is fine by Swindon. And then the capitulation was, you know, Andrew Hawes is celebrated by our fans because he's not rose-tinted. So if he's saying it's not going well, then, boy, you better believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a pity, isn't it? It's a shame. It's just it's just difficult to understand how that kind of, how that happens given not even like the... The the kind of, we've been on a decent run of form and particularly the last two games were the ones you'd mark as... Risky. We got the great win last last week, and we played played well in a draw against Bradford. And then how it's how it's how it's turned around so quickly is hopefully it's hopefully it's just one of those things. Um, I know Stockport have started to um, improve a bit since we played them, so there might not might not be the same kind of level of opposition as they were back in September. Um, and hopefully it serves as a bit yeah, of a wake-up We up failed to beat that team. We we, we failed yeah. to beat that team, though, Dave. Didn't yeah, we? no, <laughs> true. Yeah, I think we won, we'd won on points, I think, but not on goals, <laughs> which is the important thing. Um, yeah. But hope, hopefully it might, if it if it is complacency, um, which, again, it doesn't... Lindsay didn't seem to think it was based on the, the mood before the game, but hopefully it, it acts as a bit of a bit of a kick up the backside yeah you've gone you've gone up to Mansfield and had a great win there but it's not won you anything yet and there's there's teams at this level who are more than capable of of making you look stupid so stay focused yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit more detail a bit later on the fourth goal came just before the hour mark 
uh, Ryan Ry Ry Rydell. Um, a very satisfying finishing. Again, so much space to take his shot from distance. Um, sort of went in slow mo, didn't it? But it was a nice finish, to be fair, wasn't it? Yeah, my 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 notes literally say good finish. To be fair, I didn't have much more to say for that. I think it went through it went through one of our defenders' legs. Everyone, I um, I we don't really talk about Scott Lindsay's post match that much, but I did dip into this mostly for content because we needed something to talk about in this one. But it was really quite interesting. So the first thing he did. Um, when talking to Andrew Hall's post-game, was apologised to the fans who went. As I say, they're the 502, because I, I genuinely don't think that's what Scott Lindsay was preparing for. I think every other cup game this season, it, it had that sort of, well, if you're going to go, I mean, Papa John's, you get what you, you get, what, get what's coming to you if you choose to go to those games. But but Walsall... Um, Added on top of that, I think he was looking to develop, but we've we finished the season, well, we finished the cup season with what conceding a lot of goals. So eight, 10, 14 conceded, one scored in five cup games, which really isn't great, is it? Um, no. for for those attending, um, no matter how you spin it. But he was apologetic for this one, which, you know, was good. And he described Swindon as slow, ponderous and lethargic. Well, we didn't run. We were defensively schoolboy-like. We didn't rotate enough and couldn't deal with their press. We didn't create anything. It was a really poor performance. And he does get quite down when when he talks. You know, to look at him, he looked miserable, but he was much better in his tone this time round, I felt. He, he is learning on the post-match front as the season goes along, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think it's forget sometimes that at the start of the season, he, it's the, he'd never really done that kind of thing before. And so not as trained in it. And it's a skill that you do have to kind of train in to kind of manage your emotions and get your messaging across effectively. I thought he did. He, he, he struck a good. He, he did well at explaining how we struggled. I guess the the key is what, what do you do about it, um, and that'll be exactly. that will be evidence next week. I think that's absolutely right. And the area that interested me the most, even though it, you know it wasn't discussed in depth or anything like that, was this notion of bad day at the office versus believing your own hype, mm. which I thought was quite something for for the head coach to say because we're fifth. We're not first. We're not running away with it. You know, we're only a couple of bad games away from dropping down to sort of 11th, 12th, 13th. But we do, we are very good at celebrating wins at Swindon, at celebrating positive results, aren't we? Yeah. And maybe if they they are, they do that, champ, they raise the arms like they're boxing champs and point, point at them like they've just gone through multiple rounds with Tyson. But the reality is we've played Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a great win. It was a great win. We really enjoyed last week's pod um, and recording it. But I guess I was really interested by that, where they may, they might need to not tone it down or dial it back, but just remember, you know, in the league, there's still a long way to go. And you're not just going to turn up, tap the ball about and get your way. Sometimes it's going to go against you. And Stockport, yeah, they're 14th at the moment, but... They haven't conceded in in five or six games now across all the competitions, most of those being in League Two. They're not going to be the only team in mid-table right now that that can have a second half of the season push. So complacency is is going to be 
absolutely crucial now Swindon have gone all in on League Two. Yeah, and I think, so Lindsay, obviously, he knows the players, not just because of where he's at this season, but because he's worked with most of them for nearly over a season and a half now and been in the fabric of the club for longer than that. So he kind of, he'll know the mentality. And so the fact that he's even bringing that up suggests that he must have very real concerns that there must have, there might have been an element of complacency that crept in and is the reason why um, the game went the way it did. And what, I guess what, what good managers and head coaches will do is they will use media and use talk to the press to get those kind of messages out there and make it clear and make it up front that that kind of mentality won't be um, appreciated. It could have been it could have been so easy for him to wipe his hands and say, bad day of the office, FA Cup, we focus on the league now. Um, but to give him his credit, calling out possible risk of complacency um, and then linking that onto the, the league form and what we need to do to maintain that league form, it Give, give him his credit. That's that's. I think that's 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 the right thing to be doing in that situation. It helps keep the keep the team on edge, um, and not just brush it off as a one off. Um, so yeah, all, all all credit to him. He's he is starting to play the media game a little bit better. I feel. Yeah, I completely agree. I I think if he just says it's the easy way out to just say, well, we're sorry, one of those things just didn't happen. But Lee 2 is the goal. Getting out of this division is the goal. And now we can truly focus on that. But like I said, I think he wanted it. I think he is disappointed in his players. It's a big bump down to earth for them to just remember that we're not potentially the best in Lee 2. And we have just got a backsides handed to us by a team that's lost seven games in League 2 this season so far. So really, really interesting stuff at the end. Um, Before we go to listeners' contributions, quite extraordinary, really, because at the start of the interview, if you watch it, you can see Scott Lindsay sort of looking into the distance off, off the camera, looking a bit like a little bit concerned, a little bit sort of confused. And the interview plays out and then nearer to the end Andrew Halls says and what can you tell us about Connor Bran our, our reserve goalkeeper our youngster who's only just joined us seemingly suffering a knee injury in the warm down um, and you can hear somebody say during the interview requesting a knee brace this could be really really bad news they haven't confirmed anything at the moment um, a knee injury is never a good thing and he was apparently screaming in agony if, if you know what we read and what we hear is true really really bad and sad news on this front potentially hopefully it's not as bad as it seems yeah you do like you always worry with the the non-contact knee injuries they're never um obviously no injury is good that's a stupid thing to say but they're always they're always seem to be they always seem to be the bad ones um and going having that kind of injury as like as a essentially a kid as well is it's got to be even tougher. So hopefully it's hopefully it's manageable, and he can um, get kind of the he can get the medical care he needs and get back into <clears throat> get back into training and start just continue continuing his career because he's he's so young and he's he's got his whole career ahead of him. And I guess it's an important stage of it, isn't it? And missing out on 
missing out on even I, I I know it's just sitting on a bench but the the experiences that you soak up doing that and the 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 training with first team professionals that you'll miss out on this it could be a it could be a big blow and so hopefully it's not something that damages his career long term um with a with a more of a Swindon town lens on it um I don't think it destabilizes us too much um I've always I've always been of the opinion that don't need to invest too much in a second goalkeeper necessarily. Um, you ha- get a good first team goalkeeper, and we have got a good first team goalkeeper, and the second team goalkeeper will never get a run out anyway. Um, if you do need a second goalkeeper at short notice, there's more than enough routes to be able to go out and get one, and I'm sure that we'll we will go and do that now, whether that's the free agent market. Or whether that's um, like going down the like the emergency loan route, if need be, or just plonking a plonking. I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I don't know who the youth team goalkeepers are. Just plonking one of those on the bench for a few months until January. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll get through it fine on the pitch. But I hope for um, for Connor Brand's sake that he gets through it okay um, off it and his his rehab, rehab, rehabilitation. Yeah, if if indeed it is it is a bad injury, I mean, all the all the signs point to that it was, but we'll soon find out. I think Jack Copland is the goalkeeper that warms up with the with the rest of the senior keepers on a match day. So whether he'll get the he'll get the nods or the wonderfully named Redman Evans. Um, wow. That, that, I mean, I don't really want to go down the sort of, uh, you know, a guy who's been seriously injured potentially. It's a bit crass, but if Redman Evans comes into the Swindon setup, then... It's destiny. Yeah, so all the best. And fingers crossed everything is okay with Connor Brand, but we'll see what happens. I would suspect, even in terms of training, that they'll bring a, a veteran or a, a free agent into the club for for the foreseeable they might even already had one because they were thinking about they were thinking about it for a while weren't they so we'll see let's let's get some listeners contributions hi this is Jan Fjortoft and welcome and I'm on Loath Strangers but it's so hard for Norwegian love strangers okay let's whiz through these as quick as possible starting with Paul Temple saying embarrassing Defensive and physicality problems have not disappeared. Feel so sorry for the supporters that travelled. Good luck to Chippenham. That's how you should play in the cup. No man of the match. No, we don't do them in the cups, but it has to be Bryn. And you're probably right there, Paul. PJ saying, tough watch in the rain. Celebrating a shot off target was the highlight in the second half. Not sure what Lindsay could have done, in fairness. Same team as last week by Gladwin, but the players just didn't perform hoping for a better performance next week at home. Also, Khan, as much as I like him, offers zero protection in the central defensive midfield and don't even get me started on Tyree Shade. Jimmy Legg says, only able to listen to just after the second goal. Seems I was saved from further misery. Lindsay seems more of a Wellens than a Ghana when it comes to the Cups. Just a shame it means we get pumped. Sarah V says, phone restarts every day at 3.45am, which coincidentally is when I had my alarm set for the game. Hubby wakes up, startled at 5.30 with one question. Did we miss the football? We did, and I immediately checked my phone for the score and went back to sleep. 
No I follow anyway, right? Quite right, Sarah. Mark Kirkman says, baffling, we can be so good last week and so bad this week with minimal team changes. Shows that attitude and effort wins games, not formations. Gladwin clearly missed and Reed didn't take his opportunity to impress. Clayton out for four weeks is a big concern. Well done, Chippenham. Dylan Wakefield says, I'd rather focus on the league than get a cup run where we get knocked out at third or fourth round anyways. Really feel for the fans that travelled. And Wardier says, why, oh why, are we so poor in cup competitions? Truly dreadful today. Bryn, man of the match, stopped it from being worse than it was. If possible, oh well, let's concentrate on the league. A Swindon boy says, sad to see the cup competitions haven't been a priority this season compared to last season. While Michael Foster says, we just couldn't create anything as much as we had possession of the ball. We couldn't do much with it to almost resign to losing after 2-0 down. Defensively, we could have done a lot better in some aspects, but we continue on. Concentrate on the league now. JB Goodwin says, it was beyond lacklustre. Frenchie had a mare, sadly. Darcy allowed Sarsevich to ghost past him and Bryn dropped a clanger. All in the first 30 minutes, too. Zero decided to push forward to give the fans something to sing about. Only relief was tickets were cheap. Long old day. James Kay says at least Harry Parsons is in the next round of the FA Cup and Harrison Minton. Ben Nichols says, oops. Cup game equals defeat. And Claire Follett says, sigh. That is all. SM1 says... At least it wasn't a league match, but I feel for those who travelled. Losing 5-0 at Cheltenham all those years ago wasn't fun, but at least it was a quick journey back. I wonder if Reed will start next Saturday. Paul Merriman says, I was putting the shopping away. Did I miss something? Nope. JB says, obviously disappointing, but I won't lose any sleep over it. A pretty typical Town Cup performance. All eyes are concentrated on the league now, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Same sentiments for STFC underscore 1969, who says, oh, back to the league we go. Bin those white shirts, while Lee Strachan says, utterly embarrassing, a humiliating result. Bernie Mann says, didn't watch or listen, but after last week's corner turned all very swindony today as we whacked it into reverse, looked over our shoulder and expertly swung it back around. Who wants Newcastle in the next rounds? Anyway, all eggs in one basket now. Good luck, Scott. Jilly says, focus turns to Swindon Town women in the FA Cup and Chippenham and the under-18s, Jilly. Mulls says, not commenting on the inevitable cup defeat, but I think we need reinforcements at centre-back. Brennan is nowhere near the calibre of Cooper from last year. Baudry is prone to big errors. Malcolm Davis says, well, that's us knocked out of all the cups this year. Poor performance, but we go again. Now let's concentrate on the league. Benzel Washington says, thud. And Boo says, £40,000 gift wrapped. Mike 44939870 says, it sounded like a terrible performance. League to focus on now, onwards and upwards. Pete Marsh says, man of the match, jointly Gladwin and Clayton as they're not playing, and they had the biggest influence on the game. Played like French peasants. Paul D says, well, that was shit. Man of the match, Stockport's number 11, the De Sevi Origen, who's continually being offside, was the only thing that stopped it from being 6 or 7. Matt B says, lack of depth in this squad is punishing. And finally, Hanra, 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 Hanra. Good to have you back, buddy. Saying, frankly, pathetic. Gutless and limp. 
arguably our best 11, who have all, to a man, left the door open for the lads waiting in the wings. Defeats happen, but that was a capitulation. On a positive, wounded animals under the lights next week? Only way is up from that. Yes, so we're going to concentrate on the league. All or nothing now. I just want to get out of this division. That's all I want. I just want to get back into League One. There's no hiding. There's no weeks off except for one in in November where we're going to have to just watch World Cup games instead. I'm sure we'll cope. Yeah, it's getting real now in my head, you know, for Scott Lindsay that things are going really well in League Two at the moment. They need to continue to do that. But now it's it's just the straight road ahead now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I do kind of, I don't fully buy into the, yeah, it's the, the FA Cups are nice to have. We'll just focus on the league because we can do both. We can have a good league season and have, be good in Cups. And when we have our good league seasons, more often than not, we are good in the Cups. Like the Paolo Di Canio years, we were good in Cups both seasons. Last year, we had our, we had our Cup run. When we had our, our playoff run under Charlie Austin, <laughs> under sorry, under Danny Williams, Danny, oh my God, Danny Wilson, um, we had that run to the third round again, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. And it's, I guess, I'm not, I'm not annoyed. So I'm just, I'm not upset that we're out because it it happens, and more often than not, in recent years, it does happen quite early that you get knocked out. But it's just a bit disappointing, isn't it? It's just something less to look forward to in the season. And if we go on and go on and stonk the league, then yeah, this will all be forgotten. Um, but if the if the season kind of peters out or doesn't achieve our ambitions, then the fact that we've crashed out of all three cup competitions at the first opportunity will will be an extra kind of brush to hold against it. And so with that lens, it is kind of a bit upsetting that. You're completely right. You Historically, clubs can do both. And sometimes in multiple competitions in terms outside of the league, you know, they can yeah. they can do well in, in two or three. It's it's a bit of a cop-out. I think it's just our way of processing such misery because we are historically now, especially in the 21st century, just so bad in the FA Cup that it's hard to be outraged every year because it's just what we're used to and not just losing losing badly as well you know we just we've had some really decent managers who have had cup runs elsewhere in their careers and they get to Swindon and it's just like nah don't worry lads it's Macclesfield you know (laughs) it's just not every time so yeah um I completely agree I think it's just what our way as fans of just dealing with it and now looking ahead to sort of Tramier and crew um, in the coming weeks, which will be great fun. Man of the match, both by listeners and us, is going to Sol Brin because um, such is the custom. Um, <laughs> although he did fumble, he he did stop, and it was quite clear on the uh, on the Swindon Town Twitter feed that Sol Brin was busy yeah, a lot. He had a lot to do, so he gets it by default. What are we going to do once uh, Elon Musk tanks Twitter? Where are we going to go for our hot takes? Oh God. Um, well, I don't know, parlor. It's not far. It's, <laughs> it, it's not far off. It's not far off. Um, Swindon Town set up their own, their OnlyFans um, <laughs> account. Oh wow, there's a there's a there's a thread to go down. 
the dystopian future has been has been foretold, and it's grim, grim viewing. Goodness me, there's there's something. Let's move on swiftly and just talk about Swindon alumni elsewhere in the FA Cup because there were plenty of stories. I don't know why Paul Mullin and Ben Tozer made my running order. They they. <laughs> were on TV and beat Hallam Hopes Oldham. What a nonsense fixture that was to put on live television. Two non-league sides not having that at all. Um, our good friends at Charlton avoided humiliation versus Colville Town. Jack Payne scored a brace. Tom Broadbent and Martin Smith played for South Shields against Forest Green Rovers. I think there will come a point this season where South Shields will just look at Tom Broadbent and say, go up front, mate, yeah. because he was an absolute nuisance for them. Forest Green were not comfortable with him up top at all. And Miles Story got man of the match, scored a goal, and Luke Haynes came off the bench as Hereford got knocked out by Portsmouth on Friday night. So it was good to see some old faces on television, I think the big the big one there was was Tom Broadbent's input for South Shields. Just such a Tom Broadbent performance where he would put in an absolutely incredible tackle, and then the next bit would just it would just go wrong for him. So it was, it was like he did one brilliant tackle, and then when he tried to toad it away, it just went straight to the opposition. And then he did one great tackle, and then he just did a long ball to no one. Um, but then when he went up front, well. I think he would have been not a million miles away from man of the match if South Shields got an equaliser, which they didn't, and they lost 2-0. It's a pity for Tom Broadbent that he wasn't born 15 years earlier because he'd have made a killing as a genuine target man, wouldn't he? Um, around the turn of the millennium or in, in the 90s. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll never... We'll always have that one glorious moment of his of his striking career to look yeah. back on. I think I think Tyler Smith knows. Really, it's two. I think I think I think we all know that he didn't get a touch on that, and he stole some glory. But but yeah, um, elsewhere, I mean, a lot of people have been talking about it in the listeners' contributions. So we might as well the elephant in the room. But I don't like to acknowledge them. Well done, Chippenham Town. They beat Lincoln City. Um, yeah. More importantly, it included Harry Parsons and Harrison Minton, who both had good performances or really good performances. Um, Honor was at the game and spoke very highly of both of them. Will Henry, of course, was in goal, keeping a clean sheet against League One opposition. So there we go. At least two Swindon players got to play against League One opposition and win this year. So that's nice. Yeah, and there's there's a guy, well, particularly after Baldry's performance at the weekend, there is kind of, an, with, with Clayton and McDonald being out, there's a growing clamour, isn't there, for... Minturn to get more of a um, more of a run out at the first team level. Um, I hold my hands mm. up. I've never seen him play, but by all accounts, he's when in, when he when he's made his appearances in the cup games, he's held his own. And yep. if Baldry is going to revert to bad old Baldry, then and I think I think we all know what Kyan Harris is. Do we, have, <laughs> do we have much to lose with with giving Minturn a run out? Um, it's 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 a it's a gamble now. He still hasn't played in the league, Minturn, but he's got to at some point, hasn't he? If he's going to yeah. have a career, so yeah. if I'm if I'm Minturn and I'm hearing that Swindon might use me, I think I'll be wanting to go back to the parent club. But at the same time, it, it has to be if he's got a, if he's playing. Um, yeah, to sell you could. Yeah, it's a tough one because it all depends on the FA Cup draw as well. Because that's good. That's good for Swindon that they've got that cup draw. He's played in it, so you know he he can he can continue. 
So we'll see. The absolute audacity of their winning goal, back heel, humiliating League One opposition. How very dare they? It's um, it's yeah, a great moment for them. Are you, are you, uh, you've got Chippenham ties, haven't you? Is it? Are you, are you gonna? I do. Yeah, it's the family club, really. It's... Going that bandwagon? No, I'm absolutely not. Um, <laughs> more, more. More pull and support Chipnam than they do Swindon, that's for sure. So, yeah, well done them. Good luck to them. They'll lose away at Ebbsfleet in the second round, and all of this was for nothing. No, that's. I think that's not. That's how it normally goes, isn't it? <laughs> um, final on loan watch: Anton Dwarzak and Harvey, Harvey Fox have gone to Highworth on loan. They beat Biggles Wade two 0 in the Southern League Division One Central. That's where you want to be, isn't it? Um, Dwarzak scored. Well, sounds like a very good goal to make it two 0 So that's that's good experience. Uh, for them, and and it's it's already going better than some of the other players have done this season whilst out on loan. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And um, the 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 kind of the loans at that level are very fluid, aren't they? And they can, it's from. I mean, my understanding is that they can kind of come and go as and when, and there's not really any great real restrictions on them. So the more opportunities that we've got to get get our youth team experiencing. Um, men's football even even at albeit at that level but there's still the the physicality factor if nothing else will will mean mean something so yeah i think it's a it's a good thing all around there we go lovely well tramia next we'll, we'll pod that on the friday that'll come out for the press until then dave thank you very much no thank you The Lone Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble? Um, and we yeah. keep on rolling. I think the key here is that the EFL... <laughs> I ruined your bit. Do you want to do that last bit again? Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.